All right, take three, I think. We're having some technical difficulties on our end, but yes. we are determined to get this episode out to you all today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's a Shameless Recap Podcast. I am your host. My name is Amanda. And I'm your other host, Evan. And today we are back for episode 302, going into season three. I love season three so much. I feel like we're going to briefly interrupt our season three when all of the um, Shameless episodes just start coming out week by week. Oh, yeah. We might do just a bunch of minisodes. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so surprised that they're doing it like how they did the Hall of Shame two weeks in a row, then a normal episode, and then now they're having like another Hall of Shame. And then these last what? three or four episodes are just full send or we have frank's hall of shame left right we've got frank's hall of shame this weekend and then the then it's just a speed run to the end god damn they really said we're done <laughs> yeah i think they're either finishing filming episode 11 right now or they're starting to film episode 12 yeah because i they, i think they just did the um the what's it called uh the table read for it like a couple days ago over like zoom or whatever and there were a couple new faces in that table read which were interesting to see like we saw all of our regular familiars but there was like a couple i think it was a like two or three different female like girls or whatever which i've never seen before one oh, is freaking i have a bone to pick oh yeah is it about yeah. what i think it is i've got a fucking bone to pick William H. Macy's daughter was at the table read for the finale of Shameless. Yeah. Which means William H. Macy got his daughter into the finale of Shameless. The same daughter that his wife went to prison for cheating her way into college. He just pulled the I'm William H. Macy card and got her in the finale of his show. A show she has never appeared in before. Instead of an actual fucking actor getting that part. It makes me so angry. Yeah. Like you're tone deaf. Yeah. You're tone deaf. Like I have nothing against like people bringing in like family and stuff for things. But this girl is the last girl who needs to be on Shameless right now. The producers, the creators, everybody went, no, this is fine. Nobody will think we're completely fucking yeah. tone deaf for letting this happen. I don't think there was any other too big of faces in it. Um, we saw um, the really calm, like, shitty cop from the beginning of season um, 11. He was in the table read, which I saw. So he's coming back. Um, and then there was, like, two other girls who I, I've i never seen before who could just be evil people who, like, work at such and such or, like, work within, like, around the actors in this sh episode or whatever. But it didn't seem like anything too crazy. Or if they're planning something, it's not shown. Yeah. People suspected because Emmy posted something about, like, looking pretty for a Zoom call, like, sort of around the same time they were doing the table read but like i highly doubt that they would be bringing emmy back especially after the way they just fucking dragged fiona through the mud during that oh yeah shame. everyone only had negative things to say about her but also freaking what i want to point out what alina uh, said to us is that whenever her um shameless posts about the characters more than not those characters get a tag they don't tag Emmy anymore on any of their things. And Lena was like, what if that's because she blocked the shameless account so they can't tag her in the things? I thought that was the funniest thing in the entire world. Because they did Fiona dirty in that Hall of Shame. That was fucked up. They really did. Like, they said some nice things, but like, it only just was like, it all rounded up to being like, be violent, be angry, 
pull a Fiona on them. And I'm like, most of the time when she pulled a Fiona on them, it was negative consequences. <laughs> they also, in the time that they were talking about all the people that she had sex with, they re-edited one part because it was from an episode we just fucking covered when Lip was building the, uh, the laser on his bed and she says she got fired. He went, are you fucking the boss? The answer was, no, I got fired because they hired the nephew, but they made it seem like, no, I was fucking the nephew. Like they just completely recontextualized that sentence to make it seem like she she was fucking the boss's nephew like it, it was like a blip of a moment but i'm like we just covered this that's, and they just re-edited it that's so weird so fucked up i don't know that whole editing like especially all the clip montages like me and sebastian were watching him we were just like uh, it was messy. It was so messy. Like, all of the multiple clips on one screen, I was like, M- I can't, this is too much processing to do right now. <laughs> anyway, the Hall of Shame was a mess. Yeah. We are a mess, and the Hall of Shame was a mess, and I don't even want to think about, this is going to air after the Frank one has already aired, so we'll talk about that in the next episode, right. but like. You should just speed run all of the intro to the episode, so I don't keep cutting out. <laughs> okay. So, this episode is, uh, episode, we're jumping in back into season three, episode 302 called The American Dream. It aired on January 20th, 2013. It was written by Nancy M. Pimentel. She's written 25 shameless episodes through the current season that's airing. She also wrote The Galovich, The Kevin V, The Lip, and The Lip Hall of Shames, also known as The Good Ones. She's also a producer credited on over 90 episodes. She's also written for shows like South Park and The Mick. The director of this episode is Anthony Hemingway, and I would like to build a throne for Anthony (laughs) Hemingway, because he has directed seven shameless episodes. 205, Father's Day. 302, this one. 306, Cascading Failures. 411, Emily. 506, Crazy Love. Are you fucking kidding me? This is Ian's best episode ever. Yeah, literally. 611, Sleep No More, and 802, Where Is My Meth? This man directs gold star top tier i will throw myself into a volcano fucking amazing galovich episodes holy shit i bow down to anthony hemingway like it's so good so yeah that's we got an all-star team in this episode we got nancy and we got anthony and we put our trust in them i mean nancy is on thin ice but in the earlier seasons we trusted her And then the synopsis of this episode, Fiona stresses out about the money she used for her club night and it gets worse when Lip finds out. Frank makes his way home and sees he's the only one who can keep Jaime quiet. Kevin's wife resurfaces. The previously on was done by Frank and previously Frank was in Mexico and Debbie missed him. Jimmy was taken by his wife's dad and watched him murder Marco (laughs) as, you know, a threat. Uh, He must be Esty's husband when immigration comes. Fiona lost her job. Lip got arrested stealing a laser. Fiona used the property tax money to get a club night to promote. And Frank came home. That's what happened in the season premiere. Yes. Pretty eventful episode for season one, honestly. I mean, uh, for season yeah. three. For the episode one of season three. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a lot. The, the Jimmy Steve just has Justin Chatwin in full chaos mode mm-hmm. for, like, pretty much this entire season. And I love him in chaos mode. It's my favorite thing to watch. It keeps it so entertaining. Okay, so we open on Fiona waking up with a panicked thought about the fact that she spent a thousand dollars on that club night. She can't sleep anymore. She has to anxiety shower. And while she is showering, Jimmy is pooping. (laughs) Fiona is worried that she's acting like Frank and Monica spending the family money on this thing for herself. 
And uh, she absolutely despises the fact that Jimmy is taking a dump while she is showering. Oh. She's like, what? What the fuck? And then it's just pure chaos. Frank is drunk and looking for a bed, so everybody has to barricade their doors to keep him out. <laughs> Debbie the idiot has let him into the house and is letting him sleep in her room. So Lip yells at Debbie about letting Frank in, but she won't be swayed. Fiona has to get dressed while barricading the door. And then she picks Frank's pocket for any money she might find because she is now desperate for money because she spent a thousand fucking dollars on that club night. I still don't understand why they needed the down payment. Like, for that. I think that's a, a ridiculous amount. And then she goes downstairs and Jimmy is once again being the perfect house husband, cooking, din- cooking breakfast for the kids. And Fiona snaps at Mandy, who is still there because Mandy's not wearing pants. And um, maybe leave her alone. Maybe leave her alone. Yeah, poor girl's going through it. <laughs> Lip is going to start skipping his first three periods of school to catch up on community service hours. So... Because he's proven he can just not show up for an entire semester and take an AP <laughs> yeah, no, calc exam. Fine. and just like <laughs> He's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to get his community service hours over with. And so Fiona tells him she doesn't have the money from her last paycheck in with the property tax money yet. And uh, sensing a fight, Jimmy's like pushes the kids out the door. And she's like, I actually spent that money. <laughs> on um on a club night. On a club night. And Lip's like, uh, what what the fuck? And it's just a really nice, another, like, Jeremy Allen White Emmy sparring match that they get to get into. They had such good chemistry on that show. Those, those, those two people can make a scene. I will say the lip part of the Hall of Shame, I didn't disagree with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he was a little harsh, but, like, I didn't disagree with him and say things like this prove why. Like, yeah, he actually did... He was her fucking backbone. Like, yeah, honestly, like this is such like a call out to like season, um, was it like seven with like the whole laundromat thing too? Being like, I would have liked if you talked to me about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fiona gets in that fight with Lip and then storms out of the room and leaves Lip all frustrated and annoyed. He's like, cool. Well, now we can't pay our fucking property tax. And Debbie brings Frank breakfast and asks him for help with her homework. Baby girl, what? I feel like they don't, they didn't know how to write Debbie's character for the first, like, three, four seasons. Because they made her such, like, a mommy's girl, daddy's girl, and then when it was convenient, she didn't like them anymore. And also, like, stupid? Like, she isn't aware of exactly who Frank is? Yeah, she knows his scheme. She's been, like, all this stuff. Like, I feel like it was so, like, I feel like you can't say it's out of character just because she is such a young child in the earlier seasons and, like, you don't know what they're feeling, especially, like, towards Frank and stuff, because, like, he could be, he is a deadbeat, but, like, it's still her father. But I'm like, Debbie, girl, you know better than this. Everyone knows better than this, and everyone around her tells her better than this. Yeah, and then, so Jimmy walks Carl out to the curb and sends him off to school and sees that one of Estefania's dad's men is sitting in a car across the street listening to Maroon 5 and watching him. <laughs> I, this guy is so funny. <laughs> I love this guy. This guy's great. No, he's funny. I like him. He's sitting there just waiting for Jimmy to get a job, and he's there to keep him out of trouble. And, like, this- I, He's done nothing wrong. He's just doing his job, and I like this guy. He's just watching him. <laughs> and then we go, we join Lip. He's uh, pulling his community service hours and selling weed to his coworkers, as one does. And then a bunch of, like, do-gooder douchebags pull up in nice cars. And the guy Lip is talking to goes, is that the cast of Glee? <laughs> <laughs> this is a call-out post. It's great. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's like... So, 
it's because it's like they're the community service guys so like all of them are like doing that so like they're in like the like uh what's it like the orange safety vest and yeah. reflective and then all these little preppy kids come in with their matching shirts and khakis <laughs> And uh, Lip and one of the kids, like, catch each other's eye and give each other a little nod, and my bi-lip senses were tingling. It's prevalent in this episode, and I like it. Then we uh, go back to Fiona. She goes to the club. uh, She tried to get her shit together and negotiate a better split of the bar, and V is there for moral support. V offers booze from the alibi, and Fiona pulls off a pretty sweet deal if she can pull it off. It's like an 80-20 split of the bar in Fiona's favor. Anyway... Over to fun stuff. We love fun stuff. Ian is under the bleachers, fucking a kid from his ROTC class who is very annoying and will not shut the fuck up like they're not having sex at the school during school hours. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. And then they hear a voice come behind him. And uh, that's right, Mickey is back. There he is! We King. There he is. He comes... He comes swinging in like a little monkey underneath all the bars of the bleachers, like, kicking his little legs. And he beats, like, they stop having sex, and Mickey beats the kid that Ian was fucking up. And the guy's like, what are you just beating me up for? He was doing it too. And Mickey's like, you're the one taking it in the ass, right? You're the one I gotta kick straight. And then freaking freaking Ian's little smirk and laugh at that. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like, the, you can tell this is when Nolan Cam started to have fun mm-hmm. with Ian and Mickey. Because I feel like they were given a bit more to go off each other instead of just, like, homophobic ginger gay. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns, one, he kicks the kid away and makes him go away. And then he turns to Ian with his little fucking Mickey smirk. He's like, you got any fuck left in you? You dump it all on that guy. And, like, the boys are back. The boys are bagging down. The boys are back. And I love this for them. They're like immediately just like, hello, he's out of juvie. Get to fucking. Like, it's great. And then we join Sheila, poor baby Sheila, who needs sleep because Jaime won't stop crying. That poor baby. And Sheila carries Jaime in his little carrier with her while she takes out the garbage. And she is so tired and so worn out. She puts him up on the trash can lid and she dumps the garbage. And then she like has the bucket that the trash was in and starts walking back into the house, talking to it like it's the baby. And then Jody comes downstairs and is like, you got Jaime to stop crying? And her eyes fly open and she realizes she left Jaime out on the trash can and the trash truck is coming (laughs) they literally like timed it so perfectly like she was like they was literally coming down like the alleyway and homegirl was out there right in the nick of time it was so cute and like joan kuzak is killing it she's absolutely killing it she freaks out she grabs jaime and then she starts crying uh because she's overwhelmed and she's tired and she feels like a bad mom. And Jody's like, you're not a bad mom. You just need sleep. They're such a good team. I love them. And then back to Lip at the community service. Lip do be looking cute this season. He do be looking good this season. Like, I'm not gonna lie. He's like starting to grow into himself and it's nice. He looks good. One of the douchebag Glee guys smells Lip's weed and Lip sells him five joints for like earlier in the episode he sold it to his co-worker he's like yeah joints 10 bucks and then the preppy kid comes over and he's like can I buy one off you yeah Lip's like yeah they're 20 bucks a piece like <laughs> he's ripping that bitch off he's nothing if not a businessman so the kid says he's there doing community service because his admissions office are uh like the admissions offices of the college he wants to get into or into people helping out the poor and shit 
And like, truly, honestly, I may be watching too much Supernatural and picking up vibes out of pure eye contact, but this kid has a crush on Lip. Oh yeah, he's be watch- he's watching him. Like, it's pretty fucking clear. And Lip offers the kid, he's like, oh, you like projects for your resume. I got another great resume project that I might uh, have ready for you. And the kid's like, yeah, sure. Um, Look me up on Facebook. My name's Casper Duncan. Casper <laughs> <Yes>, Duncan. <laughs> it's gay. Speaking of gay shit, um, Mickey and Ian share a cigarette in the post-sex glow. Mickey says he missed Ian and that he had to do all the fucking. And he's like, I missed you. And Ian's like, you missed me? And Mickey's like, yeah, I had to do all the fucking in juvie. <laughs> sure, mask it under that if that's what you have to do there, Mick. And then there's like a little look of Ian's face of jealousy as if Mickey didn't literally just walk in on him fucking somebody else. Oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> You don't get to be jealous when you have a sugar daddy and you were actively fucking somebody when he walked up to you. Yeah, literally. And Mickey says he got let out early because of overcrowding. And no, he's not going to come back to school. He would still be a freshman. Do you hear that, Shameless Writers? A freshman. He made it to freshman year. He did not drop out in third grade. Yeah. Stop making Mickey sound dumber than he is. (laughs) I always forgot that they said he fucking dropped out in the third grade. So Mickey just came back on campus to, number one, see Ian. Number two, collect the money he's owed for a shipment of coke he put out before he got locked up. And uh, then we go to the alibi. It's our first stop at the alibi this week. Uh, Kevin is being gross and scratching his cast at the bar. Mm, Yum. There is a lady who won't stop calling the bar, but uh, the other bartender told him about it. He's like, it's probably just a bill collector. Please keep dodging it. I'm, I don't, I'm, we don't have the money to pay the bills. And then V and Fiona come in and ask for booze for the club night for that arrangement they just worked out. And he's like, sure, follow me. And they both hop on one foot behind him. To make fun like, of him because of his leg. <laughs> it's like fucking adorable. I wonder if Shinola and Emmy just like did that. I bet they, ha- I bet that wasn't scripted. <laughs> but speaking uh, so Kev is apparently doing his liquor distributing with the mob because they're the only people that will still work with the bar because of their lack of funds. And uh, if Fiona wants the booze, because Kev does not have, he's like, have you ever seen more than 20 drunks in this place at any one time? I don't have enough booze to fill a club in my back room. And he's like, if you want that amount of booze, you're going to need like $3,000 to pay that off with the mob. And speaking of dangerous people, Jimmy is going out of his fucking mind just having somebody watch him while he's at the house. Like, it is truly bugging the shit out of him. He's, like, sitting in the window, circling, like, want ads in the newspaper while he watches over Liam and just, like, keeps looking out It's so cute because it's such, like, a little, like, domestic dad look for him. And, like, he probably would have never seen himself in that position. (laughs) And he's, like, just losing it. He's, like, crawling out of his own skin, losing it. But Fiona comes home, and she's like, Hey, remember how you're always offering me money? Can I have some money? Jimmy's like, I've got, like, 20 bucks. I I don't have any other money for you. And she's like, See, now I feel like an asshole. This is why I never ask for things. It's because now that I've asked for the thing, you don't have the thing, and I feel like a fucking asshole. Yeah, honestly, I don't blame her. I'd be the same way. (laughs) Like, the one time you finally are like, can actually can I have some help? They're like, I don't have shit. <laughs> it's yeah, it's upsetting. And even more upsetting is Frank coming downstairs, cutting Fiona's jeans into shorts that he stole from her room. She's like, I spent 40 bucks on them at Goodwill. They're like originally 120. 
I don't care if they were originally $300. $40 is too much money to spend on jeans at a thrift store. Oh, yeah, especially at a thrift store. Like, that's some Poshmark dollars. That's, no. That's some reselling that's too on much Depop money. bullshit. No, you got ripped off at Goodwill, Fiona. Like, he shouldn't be cutting up your pants, but you got ripped off at Goodwill. And then Fiona and Jimmy get into a fight about the fact that he doesn't have any money, and now she feels like a jackass. And then Jimmy yells at Frank for eating the chicken that Jimmy had gotten for dinner. He got one of those, like, Costco chickens. Mm -hmm. And Frank's just fucking eating it. Frank's like, my house, my food. Like, fuck off. Fuck off. You didn't pay for it. It's not your food. It's also not your house. The, the house is in Ginger's name. It's not even his house. Literally. But then we jump over to the school where Lip has finally showed up for class. Um, and he's flirting with Mandy and saying he should be in charge of the money, not Fiona, because of the irresponsible way Fiona is treating the money. And then a teacher approaches Lip and says, um, the guidance counselor said you were supposed to ask me for a letter of recommendation and you have not yet asked me for a letter of recommendation. And he's like, mm, nope. Doesn't sound like me. Doesn't sound like I should be doing that. <laughs> I love him. He doesn't give a shit about teachers. No, he's like, I, I don't know what path y'all are imagining, but um, I'm not I'm not asking for anything, so. And then over to some shady shit, Fiona is ordering all her booze and writing a check she knows will bounce to the mob. <sighs> Homegirl. That is some irresponsible money handling there. V is like, hi, you're here trading on Kev's good name to get a discount writing a check you know is gonna bounce and fiona's like well i'll have the money in the account by the time that they cash it so like everything will be fine it'll be fine everything's fine girl this is it her and money never go well she should know better than this and mandy who was with lip when that teacher approached him over at the school she goes into the guidance counselor's office the one that came to talk to lip a while ago and um emma's accent slips up like a little bit when she says my only options are getting pregnant or getting arrested like if you listen to it you're like that is a person suppressing a british accent that just said those <laughs> i always words. forget she's british cuz like her accent like she doesn't slip up at all throughout the show it's like the only time i have ever caught it is that line read it's like, the way she says like my only options i don't know if it's like something about all of the o's but mm. it just it like it was there for a second She's here to talk about Lip. She's like, we're not here to talk about my future. We're here to talk about Lip's future. Like, we know, you know and I know that I don't have a future. So, so he tells her, okay, well then help me guide Lip. Get him to fill out some applications for colleges. So she's taking that on as her personal mission. What grade are we assuming Mandy's in? Is Mandy in Ian's grade, right? Yeah. Okay, so only like a year younger than Lip. Yeah, a year maybe two. Gotcha. If that. Uh, back to the Gallagher's, Jimmy went food shopping with Liam, who calls Liam, who calls, uh, Steve daddy. This is so cute. And Jimmy's like, I'm not black enough or drunk enough to be your daddy, so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jimmy's shadow, um, ba Beto, the guy that's parked outside his house, his name is Beto. Uh, he pulls up behind them and Jimmy asks if, like, are you seriously just gonna keep following me everywhere I go? And the guy's like, yeah. Yes, I am, actually. And so Steve goes inside. I keep switching between Jimmy and Steve. Steve goes in, calls his wife, and she's like, Beto is harmless. Just stay out of trouble and he'll be fine. Everything's fine. And then now we finally have Estefania uh, not just using patchy English. She actually spoke a full sentence. We love that. Yeah, they pointed out in the last episode that her English is getting a lot better. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And she's like, my dad is just a Gemini. He'll get over his anger pretty soon. And all of this will go away. Everything will be she's fine. She's so funny. She's so cute. I love her. <laughs> 
She says that like her dad didn't just murder a man in front of her. Yeah. In it, the last Yeah, episode. literally just shot him and then chopped him up in front of her. Uh, and then we're back to Lip again. He's walking up to a construction site. It's like a big empty building that apparently once had four dead bodies in it. And he and the guy that's running the crew seems like frustrated and overwhelmed. And the guy and Lip's like, uh, what if I can offer you a better deal? of money than the crew that you're currently running in order to pay, fix this shit up. And the guy's like, if you got a deal, I got a deal. Let's do it. But before we see that deal happen, we go back home to Jimmy. He's feeding the kids. He's still acting super paranoid about Beto. And he leaves Liam and Carl's. First, he asks Debbie. He's like, Debbie, can you watch Liam for a minute? And she's like, I have to babysit. He's like, Carl, can you watch Liam for a minute? And Carl's like, can I stay up late and watch TV? And he's like, yes, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Just watch the kid. Um, because Debbie is going to have to go babysit for Sheila. But Jimmy bolts out the door because he sees that Beto drove away. So he's like, this is my window. It's my window to go make some money. So he runs out the door. Frank is still around in the house using everybody's stuff. Yeah, he's just there. And Debbie's like, Daddy, I'm going to um walk by myself to Sheila's and then I'm going to walk by myself back in this dangerous neighborhood. Aren't you worried? You're not worried. Okay. Um... Well, good thing I have a pillowcase that I fill with bars of soap to use for protection. Do you care? You don't care. Okay. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. And then Frank almost sets the chair on fire with a lit cigarette that he just leaves sitting on the chair, which is A+. plus. Love that. Great dad. Meanwhile, upstairs, Ian is putting a lock on the outside of his bedroom door to keep Frank out when they're not home. And Mandy is there again. She comes in and uh, asks about Lip. And Lip, and Ian says, Lip is too stupid. Lip, Ian says, Lip is very smart. But he is also too stupid to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ian uh, gets all quiet and he looks at Mandy. He's like, hey, how can you tell if a guy you've been hooking up with likes you? And he's like, I think the guy that I'm hooking up with kind of hates me. And she said, does he get that look in his eye when he sees you? What look? You'll know it when you see it. He does, Ian. He Ian, gets that he look does. all the time. Ian, you just don't see it because he looks at you and you're not looking. <laughs> Wait until 10 years from now when you're married Ugh. and he gives you that look all the time. All the time. It's so fucking cute. I love that scene. And then at the Jacksons, um, poor Jaime is still crying and Debbie is trying to do her history project and she's like yelling over his crying and Sheila's like, honey, the entire point of you coming over is to keep him quiet so that we can sleep. And now you're yelling. So um, get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> Take the baby and go literally anywhere, anywhere at all. Just get, please get out for a few hours. And she's like, it's the middle of the night. And Sheila's like, that's fine. <laughs> like Sheila, I get it, but girl. <laughs> she's too tired to think straight. And then out in the streets, Jimmy is doing what he does best, trying to steal a car. Uh, when Fiona calls, she's getting all pretty and getting all dressed up. She's like, I'm going to go and try and sweet talk some guy into giving me his contacts so I can like boost up promotion for my night. And he's like, cool. Yeah, have fun. Whatever. And he hangs up and Beto catches Jimmy trying to steal the car and breaks his finger to persuade him not to do it again. And like Justin Chapman is really good at screaming. <laughs> he's really good at screaming. <laughs> And, like, because he breaks his hand and Justin Chatwin, like, sort of just stays still looking Beto in the eyes and just opens his mouth and screams. Like, it's so good. He's like, okay, whatever. And then at the club, uh, Fiona and V look fucking hot. And the hunt is on for the guy that can help Fiona with her club night. And then to the alibi. 
Frank is being racist and stealing Tommy's beers and talking about his trip in Mexico. And then he asks Kev, what happened to your leg? And Kev's like, it fell off. This is the only prosthetic I could afford. (laughs) (laughs) I love Kev. Once again, us just skirting the fact that Steve just fucking broke his leg and they just have to work around it this season. Yep, literally. And then Frank brags, he's like, I was the best drug mule in all of Mexico. And Kev's like, this is, this is what you're proud of. These are the things you're bragging about. And then uh, the bartender's like, there's a woman out front with a baby waiting for you, Frank. So he's like, oh, fuck. And he slips out the back. But the woman out front with the baby was Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> Because Kev won't let her in the bar after 6 p.m. anymore, which is, you know, a good rule for minors in a bar. Yeah, I feel I like as much as much as the leniency the alibi does have, I feel like that's the that's pretty that's pretty good of them. <laughs> it's a solid rule. And she's like, Daddy, he won't stop crying. Jaime won't stop crying. And he's like, do you have $20? She's like, I have five. He's like, that's fine. And he just takes her money from her. And then she's like, I cannot get this baby to stop fucking crying. I I have to do my history project. Why won't he stop crying? So Frank picks Jaime up, takes a little bit of Valium and just rubs it on his gums and puts him to sleep. And Debbie's like, are you supposed to give Valium to a baby? And Frank's like, nah, nah. And then at the club, V is being super flirty and Fiona looks fucking hot as hell. As always. Yes. She's letting the guy she needs help from, like, put his hand on her knee because she needs this guy's help. And he talks her up. He's like, tell you what, I'll give you my contacts if you let me take 50% of the bar in exchange for my email list. And she walks up to V. She's like, are you fucking kidding me with this guy? And V's like, oh, I clocked that guy from the moment we walked in. I already stole his phone. I've got all of his contacts. Let's get the fuck out of here. I love V. V's so powerful. She- she truly is. She's too powerful for her own good. They celebrate. They like best friends scream at each other and they get the fuck out of there before the guy notices his phone is gone. Back at the Jacksons, Debbie lays a now sleepy Jaime down because he is drugged. Yeah, poor baby's drugged. And Sheila's like, how? How did you do that? Debbie's like, daddy helped. He's great with babies. No, no, he just had drugs. <laughs> no, he just drugged the baby. At home, Fiona is getting ready for bed and she catches Jimmy just getting home with his injured hand. And she acts like all mad, but it's just foreplay. She's like, you know what? I think you need a spanking. Ooh, Stop it. Stop it. She has pegged him. Prove me wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, correct. 100%. Uh, Also very cute is Mandy going through college brochures for Lip and he's just sitting there worried about the fact that Fiona's not going to make the money back uh, that she put in for the club. And Mandy's like, how about instead of thinking about that, you have sex with me? And he's like, good point. The next morning, Jimmy is sleeping in because Fiona wore him out. So everybody is on their own for breakfast. What is with the Gallaghers and wearing their partners out? Yeah, (laughs) goddamn. She's very confident now. She's like, my club night's going to go great. Everything's going to be awesome. We're going to be rolling in it. It's going to roll into another one. Everything's going to be amazing. And Debbie rolls downstairs fucking wiped out from babysitting. And Lip says to Fiona, he's like, so you really think all this is going to work out? Everything's going to be great? The ghetto girl thinks she's going to live the American dream. And there's the episode title. I love the episode title drop. Fiona's like, it's my time. It's my time. It's my turn. I'm going to get what I need. But then continues to be a bitch to Mandy for no good fucking reason. And Lip's like, listen, Fiona, when you're poor, the only way to make money is to steal, is to steal it or to scam it. I don't know how else to explain this to you. 
Lip is like adamant. He's like, you fucked up and you're going to learn that you fucked up. And speaking of fucking up, (laughs) Frank comes home drunk off his ass with a bunch of asshole buddies from the alibi. He had stolen Ian's bike and fucking broke it. He bent the frame and lost the seat. I hate Frank. And then Frank gets up in Fiona's face because she's like, Frank, get the fuck out of here. You do not live here. You do not pay your way here. Get the fuck out of my house. So he lays down some of his Coke on the table. He's like, there, that's like $300 worth. Anyway, fellas, let's go upstairs and try and sleep. And everybody tries to block everybody from going upstairs. And then they charge around the other way, storming upstairs, landing in Debbie's room, where one of the guys just starts peeing in her corner. They just, like, wreak havoc across the house. It's just so rude. (laughs) And then Frank stands up and sits on Debbie's history project that she just spent all night on after babysitting Jaime. And, like, it brings everything to a standstill. It's like chaos, chaos, chaos. He breaks the thing and then everything stops. It goes dead silent. And so then even Debbie breaks. Even Debbie's like, final, fuck you. She goes and gets her soap-filled pillow and in slow motion comes running down the hallway to beat the ever-loving shit out of Frank. And, like, it's entertaining as hell. Just Emma fucking wailing, like, standing on top of him, absolutely wailing on him. That was honestly, like, Emma deserves something for that. Like, that was really good. Like, she, like, it hurt watching that scene. Like, that scene hurts. (laughs) You can see the rage in her. Like, that was, it was fucking powerful. And, like, even, like, everyone else's just, like, reactions, like, in the background, like, all of their faces just even say so much. Like, when it's mostly all just, like, her beating the shit out of Frank. But Emmy, honestly, like, her face, her and Ian's, like, breaks me the most in this scene. They look, like, the most, like, wrecked from watching her do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're both, like, they're both the protector of the little kids. So when they see them break, it's, like, fucking shatters them. Oh, yeah. Fiona's standing there just, like, with her hand over her mouth. She's like, I can't even console her. I can't even stop this. And they eventually, like, rip Debbie off of him. And Lip and Ian pick Frank up, carry him out of the house, and throw him in the dumpster Good, out back. where he fucking belongs. And then in another part of town, uh, the do-gooder douchebag kids are back and they're walking up to the construction site that we saw Lip at earlier. So this is like a little later in the day. And uh, the Casper kid is like on his phone trying to get tickets to some concert, which is a fun little piece of information that we get to use later. And Lip's like, oh yeah, cool. You're trying to get tickets to this, to this random pop-up concert. Neat. And he's ushers all the kids inside and then goes up to the construction guy and gets paid $400 for having all these volunteers, like 50 bucks a head for having all the volunteers come up to the thing. And then some undocumented workers that were originally on this project come up and are like, what the fuck? What do you mean? What do you mean that we're not on this job anymore? And Lip's like, you've been outbid. It's like, we're undocumented workers. How did you underbid (laughs) us? And again, Lip says the episode title, Live in the American Dream. He's like, yeah, no, we're ghetto. Um, I And they're doing this for free. So I I underbid you. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> He's got a fucking property tax bill to pay. He's being ingenuitive. First and foremost, a businessman. Literally. Which is, a, I think, a reason that he and Mickey get along. Because Mickey is also in that mindset. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, why they, that's why they fucking pulled off that heist last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then at the club, Fiona is setting up for her club night when an alderman for the ward, because Chicago has aldermans in their wards, and uh, he's like, I'm an alderman for the ward that this club is in, and you needed to file permits 
in order to throw a party. She's like, wait, but the club has permits. He's like, no, 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 but your event is a separate thing. You needed to actually file permits. And if you give me a bribe of $1,000, I won't call the fire chief and have him shut you down. Like, just blatant, just blatant bribery, just right out in the open. Yeah, like, I, obviously, like, I don't know shit about club promoting or anything like that, but I'm like, is it really that in-depth of, like, how to schedule and work around things? Like, $1,000, like... I didn't know individual people needed, um, like, shit, unless this is just a way Shameless can try to scam their their characters. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of, like, true to life and an exaggeration to scam the characters. Like, it's a little bit of both. Because I feel like anyone can, I guess because I it's the whole serving of booze, there's probably, like, a way more legal things than just, like, throwing something. So I guess that makes sense in the long run. But goddamn, Fiona cannot catch a break. <laughs> no. So she just is seeing her profit margin slide down and down. She has to give 20% of her bar to the to the owner. And now she has to give $3,000 to the mob. Now she has to give $1,000 to this alderman guy. So her profit margin is just getting slower and lower and lower. Then at the Gallagher house, Jimmy brings Beto a coffee outside. Like he brings him a little mug of coffee. It's very cute. And he basically asks permission. He's like, my girlfriend is throwing a party. I, I need to go to that party. And Beto's like, Okay, I'll tag along. And Jimmy's like, yeah, but she can't know that you're following me. <laughs> and then Beta's like, well, then you're staying home. So it's like, those are the options. And then at the school, I get a brief flash in my brain of Max Keeble's big move <laughs> as Mickey strolls down the hallways of this high school and scares the shit out of a kid that owes him money for coke that he fronted. And the kid's like, I thought you, I thought there were three more weeks. And Mickey's like, mm, well, you don't. So actually, I'm going to go through your shit now. Because you owe me money. Ian interrupts, scares the kid away. And Mickey's like, what the fuck? I was conducting business. And then he tries, to, they're like walking down the street. And Mickey's like, I can look out for myself. I just got out of juvie. You don't have to fucking protect me or whatever. But Ian is too busy inspecting Mickey's <laughs> He's eyes. He's like trying to stare at him. And like, what does Mickey say? He was like, the fuck you looking at? <laughs> it's like, the fuck are you looking at? Ian's like, nothing, nothing. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at anything. <laughs> He's not going to give you the look when he's annoyed at you. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the little moments, but it's adorable. They're very fucking cute. I love them so much. They're best friends and it's my favorite thing in the world. So Fiona went back home after setting up things at the club to get dressed for her party. And once again, she looks smoking hot. Mm -hmm. She looks amazing. She checks in with Debbie and Debbie just kind of goes quiet and is not being talkative at the moment. And Fiona's like, all right, that feels like a later problem and walks away. And then she walks to the bathroom and hears Jimmy in the bathroom, quote unquote, puking. He's faking it. And he's like, I feel so bad. I can't go, you know, like a liar. And she's like, well, if you if you feel better later, you can come to the party. He's like, no, yeah, totally. I will. Sure. Fine. <laughs> and then at the balls, uh, V gets interrupted because she is also getting ready for the party. Uh, but V gets interrupted getting ready because Kevin's wife has appeared on the front porch. <sighs> hey, girl. And like we knew, remember from when they got married, we knew that he was already married. Yeah. But like, boom, here she this is. This is the first time we're meeting her. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kev, we go over to the alibi where Frank is recovering from his morning beating and tries to get Tommy to let him sleep in his garage. And Tommy's like, yeah, no, no, you can't. It's like, Kermit, can I sleep at your house? Kermit's like, no, no, you actually fucking can't. No one wants Frank. And Kev's like, why don't you move back to Mexico? And also, no, you can't stay at my house either. And then he starts ranting about sh how shitty his family treats him. And Kev gets a call from V because, um, Kev, you got some explaining to do 
um, your your wife is on the porch. Yeah, your so. wife um just answered the door to your other wife on the front porch. <laughs> so Kev's got to get home real quick. Uh, and so Frank continues to rant about the family, and he calls Debbie the little redheaded bitch, and that she's the worst of them all. She's ten. She's ten. <laughs> He says, if I hit her, I'd be reported for child abuse. And then he gets the worst idea he's ever gotten. And he gets up, uses the alibi phone, and calls child welfare services on him fucking self. Yeah. And says he'd like to remain anonymous. Yeah, and then there's that one barkeep that we talk about every now and then, like the one ginger lady. And she even is like, that's fucked up. And she doesn't stop him or anything or gives the Gallagher's a warning. She just stands by and watches him do it. She's like, that's an all-time low even for you. You could have hung up the phone. Why didn't you stop him? he went behind the bar. How many times is Frank allowed behind the bar? Why didn't they stop him before he moseyed his way over there? And there's plenty of moments during that sentence where she could have been like, oh, I know where this is going. Click and like hung up the phone. You could have hung up the phone instead of just letting him do that. Yeah. I'm not mad at her. I am mad at her, but he is a piece of garbage. And- but anyway, before all that comes crashing down on them, we're going to the club. The party is rocking. Fiona seems to have a fucking hit on her hands. She is over the moon. She's doing great. And outside, Ian is parking cars. Lip is running a parking service outside the club. It's him and Mandy taking the money for it. This man is a fucking money-making genius. The amount of money-making schemes he came up for in this episode alone. He's like, I'm going to sell weed. I'm going to jack up the price for the preppy kids. I'm going to get paid to have them volunteer to fix up this house. And I'm going to run a fake parking service. Boom, 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 boom. That's one day he came up with all those things. He's a man. He is the only man. It's, <laughs> and it's him, Ian, Mandy, and Carl parking the cars. I love brothers pulling scams with each other. Me, it's don't, fucking don't great. Don't <laughs> And then back at the bar, Frank is asleep under the pool table. And that bartender that could have just hung up the phone uh, kicks him out. She's like, you can't fucking sleep here. Get get out. And then at the Jacksons, Sheila's like, what if we what if we shake Jaime? Maybe then he'll stop. And Jody's like, that will kill him. <laughs> I love Sheila. <laughs> um, That will kill him. She's like, yeah, but then he will stop. <laughs> oh, she's so tired. And then to make things worse... As he does, Frank walks in and offers to help with the baby in exchange for a place to sleep. And so he takes Jaime into his arms, gets a little Valium that Sheila can't see and rubs it on his gums again and gets him to quiet down. And then Sheila's like, you're the baby whisperer. No, he just has Valium. But they're too grateful. They're too grateful for the silence to kick him out. At the end of the night at the bar, Fiona is counting up her profits. And then she's like, okay, but then I have to pay you. And then I have to pay you. And then I have to pay my bartenders. And this is how much the booze is going to cost. And I'm left with $900. I lost $100 doing this? That's insane. Like, because she, I feels like, obviously they gave her some fair warning before she even, like, submitted to do the promoting. But the promoter told her nothing. I see, like, she was yeah. nothing. Absolutely nothing. And the lady eventually says, I I lost money for eight gigs before I ever saw a profit. Like, you couldn't have fucking told her that yeah, before you went into this? Literally. And so V, she's dejected. She walks home. She gets there and V is sitting on the, on the steps of the porch. And she is just torn down. She's like, do you have, can I sleep here tonight? And v, V's like, yeah, of course. What the fuck is going on? But V goes inside and Lip meets Fiona outside. And they get in a fight over the money again. 
and the fact that Fiona made this decision without consulting the rest of the family. She's like, it's my money. He's like, oh, is that how we're doing it now? Because every man for himself will result in us losing everything super fucking quickly. Yeah. So, as she tries to give him the 900, he's like, you know what? I don't need your fucking money. I took care of it myself. I paid the property tax. I did it my goddamn self. And if you pull this shit again, I will have to take over the family money. I love Jeremy Allen White and Emmy Russum yelling at each other. Me I love it so too. much. And then we cut to credits. And the after credit scene is Frank asleep with the baby at Sheila's house. And Sheila says to Jody, he raised six great kids. He's like the baby whisperer. <laughs> and like, he didn't exactly raise them. But I get your justification there, Sheila. You just want to sleep. And he is allowing you to sleep. So anything that works, I guess. And the song playing in the credits is She Hit the Wall by DeSoto Jones. Is it, That's the credit music. And like I said, the copies that I watch sometimes has like the next up on Shameless. Uh, so next week on Shameless, Fiona gets a job at a grocery store with a gross, sexually harassing boss. Oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. A convicted child rapist moves into the neighborhood, so the Milkoviches get called in to help beat them down. Mickey meets Lloyd, who calls Mickey Ian's boyfriend, so Mickey fights him. Kev might have a son, and V beats the ever-loving shit out of Kev's wife. Hell yeah. Tomorrow, I'm so next, excited for that like, scene. 303 um, is such a good episode. <laughs> oh, it's epic. It's so good. But what did you think of 302? How did we like it? I like it. I feel like they definitely start off really strong with the first couple of seasons, with their first couple of episodes. Like, even episode two, like, I st I'm still feeling, like, I'm still fed, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, I still, like, I'm intrigued. Like, enough, there wasn't really many, any boring parts this episode and i liked how they still are keeping up with the trip how everyone's storylines at the end come together for like that last little revelation moment at the end of the episode i just thought it was good and i like that we had a little bit of everyone this episode and i like more jimmy speed content <laughs> and it's the fact that it's still qualified as a drama in season three they leaned more heavily into the more serious stuff so that like there was levity in the episode but it wasn't like slapstick 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 like the whole time yeah. like no like it was we're dealing with very serious things debbie beating up frank the family finances fiona trying to find her place in the world lip needing to reckon with having to take over the family and maybe he wants to go to college and then ian and mickey getting back into their complicated thing and kevin v dealing with something very heavy like it's heavy but it, there's that sense of brightness and that sense of levity that like underlies mm -hmm. it too but doesn't overtake it mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like they fit too much into the episode, too. Like, I'm still, like, I still feel like I'm learning and growing with the characters instead of just being given everything in one, like, 45-minute episode and just being like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> they were always better at that when the kids were little mm -hmm. because they just had, like, the grown-up storylines to deal with. And then, like, occasionally Debbie and, and Liam, or Debbie and Carl would be, like, kind of there and have, like, maybe, like, a minute and a half to themselves. But now they're like, we have to do nine storylines every episode. Like, no, you really don't. You really don't. Because if you make it all in all for one situation, you could just follow every storyline at the same time. Yeah, make it go smoother instead of just like clumping it all together. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, we are recording this on February 24th. And by the time this airs on Tuesday, uh, March 2nd, um, Frank Hall of Shame will have already happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with that. It's no clue. There, that's like the only Hall of Shame we really feel like we haven't been given anything about, but it's Frank, so I don't care. Yeah. 
And then we're going to dive into the last six episodes of Shameless to ever exist. God damn. We're going to try to get on the minisodes like so much faster. Yeah, especially if they're going to be coming out once a week. We're going to try to get at least them done once a week. Yeah. And re- maybe release them instead of season three. Maybe put, we'll record as much season three as we can, but like maybe I'll backlog it and wait and just release the minisodes until season 11 is over and then and then pick back up on season three because it's going to be a lot. It's yeah. going to be a lot to process. Oh yeah, it's going to be a hell of a lot. And I feel like the series finale is going to take a lot out of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> that needs to be its whole episode on its own. Yeah. Um, nearing the end of many things, I'm nearing the end of my Supernatural rewatch, which means part two of Skip to the Gay Parts is going to come out yes. sooner rather than later. Hopefully, maybe by my birthday, I'll Ooh. have it done. I don't know. Uh, but who knows? Uh, but this, I really like, like I said, season three is great. And season three, especially on the Ian and Mickey front, is where they start to get to be best friends. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that for them. Because first and foremost, they're best friends. Literally. They're in love and they're they're husbands and they are family. But like, they're also each other's best friend. And it's my favorite thing. It's so good. They love each other very much, even if they didn't know it. So that's the episode. Uh, you can follow the Luck We Had on Instagram at Luck We Had Pod, on Twitter at Luck We Had Pod. You can email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. The link to our website where you can stream the episodes is in the bio of the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, our Ko-Fi is also in that. If you guys ever feel so inclined to buy us a coffee after listening to an episode, <laughs> that is up in there. Um, SoundCloud is expensive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you guys feel ob- not obligated, whatever. If that's there um you can follow me at abnormal amanda on twitter at abnormal amanda 18 on instagram and at abnormal amanda underscore 18 on tiktok evan where can they find you and if you want to follow me on instagram my username is i want to die 4000 i promise i'm okay and then as well as my tiktok which is the same user there so you go ahead and follow me there that's where i'm always the most active uh thank you guys for sticking with us for the technical glitches that we had at the top of this episode oh yeah let's not talk about about my computer I'm going to try to edit around it as much as I can, but if it seems weird the way we're talking in the first 10 minutes of this episode, that's because our computers hated us. (laughs) But we got it done. We're going to do the next one. Lena is going to be our guest on 303, and we're very excited to check in and and jump into that because it's some good, there's some quality Mickey content in 303, and we're excited to get into it. Uh, But until then, everybody, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.